Welcome. Welcome to Conversations in Compassion, a podcast by Dignity Maine, a program of Agape. And made possible by the contributions to Agape. Thank you. This is a different podcast. Instead of interviews, we have conversations. This is my attempt to demonstrate examples of what I call compassionate conversation. Through these conversations, I hope to address the discord in our families, in our communities, and in ourselves. And finally, to focus on the greatest need of our time, the need for compassion. Well, as we do these podcasts, uh, there's times in which uh, I am touched by the power of love, the power of connectedness, the power of seeing underneath. And I invite you to listen to Danny as she's gone through the experience of really loving so deeply and so well that she actually lost herself. And now is recalibrating herself to figure out how to be there, be present, and hold on to her heart. Thank you. Thank you, Danny, for doing this with me. Of course, it's my pleasure. Um, I really wanted to have an opportunity for you to talk about, over the last few years, you have looked deeply into the community's pain. And uh, I'm, I'm curious on how it's landed on. I was just talking about this um, this morning. I really lost myself, I think, last year when I was um, doing a lot of work in the encampments, delivering propane and really trying to keep people alive. Mm -hmm. It was really overwhelming to me. It probably was the first time in my whole social work career where I really kind of lost focus on my own self mm -hmm. because I was just so terrified and worried about our community and it. It's really just confused me that we've allowed this to happen. And it's not just here in Portland, but across the country. And um, I'm finding my way back to myself. So it really landed very hard and heavy on me in the beginning. I know that you had to take a break just yes. to kind of step away. Yes. And it's hard to step away. Physically, it's okay. Yes. But, but emotionally, it's very, very difficult. Yes. Because you carry the whispers of what people are suffering with. Yes, and I have made like connections with our community, I think in a very special way because they know that I see them and love them. And so it's really hard for me to step away, but I think most people have really understood that that was important for me, but I'm kind of dipping my toe back. I have a, a new job that has some nice boundaries around it. Um, and then on my own time, um, we'll figure out how to do some more outreach, um, but in a healthy way. Right, you've re, you've recalibrated yourself yes. if you, in a sense yes. of yes. trying to figure out because there's a way in which if you're leaning into all that pain and losing yes. yourself, there's almost a place where you start to become ineffective yourself. Yeah, I mean, I worry about that because I wasn't sleeping well or taking care of myself. So I want to be my best self and not, I was kind of being consumed by anger, I think, for a little bit. And now I'm just feeling really light and in a good place again, because I prioritize myself. So then I can prioritize other people. They don't lie when they say like, put your oxygen mask on first, you know, it's really important, I think. 
right? And you're trying to figure out how do you how do you be compassionate? Yes. With the deepest of people's pain, the yes. trauma of their lives that leave them in a place that they're unhoused and the community doesn't want to come in and meet them Yes, at all. They want to leave them out there, actually. Yes, they actually just want to hide them, it feels like, yes. Well, and they do these sweeps and they yes. put, and hide them in another spot, do a sweep and yes. hide them in another spot. And what we know, people who work closely with people that are living outside every single one of these sweeps is a moment where people die lose their belongings lose a a core sense of who they are because they do feel like they're trash being thrown out and i would never want another human being to ever feel that way so often i feel like i overcompensate um because people everybody deserves love it doesn't matter if you use drugs if you have mental health issues um if you've made mistakes in your life that have caused you to be incarcerated, like we're all at the end of the day, like our community and we need to love each other. Right. And that's the message you want to, yes. that you've been trying to create that we're all the same. Yes, we we're really all. are. We really are all the same. Um, and I have seen and witnessed through the years that when you see someone and you provide dignity and respect and a space for them to really see themselves in a different light, they can then move towards that vision for themselves. But if they're always getting a message that they're not good enough, they will believe that eventually and they'll, they'll just feel paralyzed by that. Now you done some incredible work and you know that you stepped into overcompensating. Yes. To the place of injury. And what was that like? It was really scary for me because I've had an impeccable understanding of what I need to thrive my whole life. And I'm really introspective. And it was really scary to know that you could just lose yourself that easily and that really you're only harming yourself because all of the parts of this that have made me angry or frustrated, those people aren't taking that on. I'm taking that on. So I've discovered that like, I need to let go of my anger and resentment and really focus on interactions that are helpful for me and helpful for our community. And no one can hear people that are angry. I know that. So I've been trying to sort of adjust and help our community adjust because we're all very angry. We're all really hurt. Um, I think sometimes we have trouble kind of like holding that anger in, but no one can hear us because of our anger, I think, sometimes. So. Well, it's almost as if we, if we have compassion for the deepest pain, we need to have compassion for the people in charge with the power. Yes, absolutely. And, and somehow when we get down into that trauma, down into the hurt, we start to lose the perspective and get mad, and then we go nowhere. Yes, and I I saw that happening, and I was like, these are like human beings that are trying to do their job, too. They're having to meet the needs of many constituents in the community. I can't imagine, like, the amount of emails and phone calls that <laughs> people for the city are receiving. So I do have great compassion for them. Um, and I know there's a lot that happens behind the scenes that we don't know about. And I also just know, historically, we, we stopped developing affordable housing in this country. So, like, we're really behind the eight ball 
and COVID really exemplified like the places where systems are broken. And so I can't blame the city council of Portland and city workers when really like they are only doing the best they can do under the circumstances they have, I believe. Well, and that's the marker, isn't it? Yeah. That the marker is that you do good work if you can hold on to the compassion for everyone. Yes, absolutely. I remember like I have a story we met a long time ago. You were um, coming to monthly staff meetings. Elizabeth Schakowsky had you come to Healthy Families and um, we got the treat of having you too, like personalized motivational interviewing with us. And you said the statement, all judgment and violence. I've held this for like 15 years. Like mm. I literally, that's like how I move through every day. So when I caught myself judging these entities, I realized like you're not living your full truth of that statement that you believe that like all judgment is violence and I don't want to be part of that. So I'm really trying to open my heart to that everyone's just doing the best they can. Yeah, with the resources they have. Yeah, and exactly. and that's, you know, that that's the hard part. Yep. And when you're community activist, people tend to start turning towards the anger of the people who have power. Yes. And then they become less powerful. Yes. And what's cool about what I've done, I think, on Facebook and stuff, at some point I thought, oh, people just really are unaware of what's happening. So I'm going to use my connections through, like, me needs and other things to kind of try to educate people. So really teaching people what the realities are and the reasons people can't. Uh, penetrate systems, whether that's not enough beds for detox and rehabs that take main care, whether that's um, your ability to go to the shelter because of trauma and really educating people. And I get so many messages from people just being like, that is where your power is. You're helping us see the truth in the system so then we can have compassion. And so I realized like that's where I want to put my energy, not in being angry. Right. And that's where the shift has been. Yes, Absolutely. And, and that you realize that you cannot judge another. Yes. No matter what they have. Yes. You could be mad at those who have the 1%. You could be um, angry at the capitalism. You can be angry at legislature or city council. But it will not serve. It won't serve and it will actually poison you. Mm. And I want to be healthy and happy. Mm. And so I can no longer cause myself that kind of harm. Right. And we can think that you're doing it for the common good. You can even justify yeah. that I'm doing it for the common good. And at the same time, I'm really injuring myself. Yeah. And that's like really what got me to just stop in my tracks mm-hmm. and be like, mm-hmm. you're hurting yourself. And that is not mm-hmm. in line with like my values be really compassionate to myself. I give myself as much grace as I give others. And um, yeah, I think it's important. Well, the first thing I want to just say is I really appreciate that you have gone as a community activist all in. Yeah. And I know that you've been hurt. Yeah. Because of that. And I want to just acknowledge that to go all in yeah. is to be vulnerable yeah. to the injury and the judgment. Absolutely. And even people close to you 
very close to you started to step away from you. Sure. And it's it, and, and in a way it becomes lonely. Yeah, I mean, it also just becomes lonely when you're one of the few and then you become the enemy number one. Like when I, you go down a rabbit hole and you read like comments on a news story and like street outreach workers, all of a sudden we've become the problem because mm. we're accused of being enabling. Mm. I think people really do believe that if you stop bringing people food and clothing, providing them with tents, they will disappear because they have options. And mm. the reality is we are enabling people to be alive. I'm a harm reductionist. Mm. I just want people to be alive another day so that when they're mm. ready to shift, they will have the supports and the beliefs that people will catch them. That's really my goal in life. Mm. I really, it, it, it hooks me when I hear I'm giving people food and a tent and therefore I'm an enabler. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not being kind. I'm. I'm somehow enabling I'm them. Ca- I'm part of the problem. Yes. Yeah. And I'm enabling them to be in a tent in the cold, without anything except their own trauma. Right. Uh, and somehow I'm enabling. Yes. Exactly. It's so confusing. It's. It's so. I mean, you. And you become the target. Yes. Yes. That the. That the issues yes. for the unhoused are no longer the issue. The issue is now yes. Annie. Yes, exactly. Me and other outreach workers that we do this not for the money, clearly. <laughs> we, right. do, we don't do it for prestige. We do it because we just really genuinely care in our community. And we believe that every single person is valued in our community. And they deserve they do. some basic. Absolutely. Respect. Absolutely. You'll yeah. never be able to convince me otherwise. Well, this was what yeah. makes your work so valuable. Yeah. Is that even though you've taken a lot, been blamed and shamed sure. and, um, and, and uh, felt relationships, uh, people may mad at you for yeah. how much you've given to it all. Yeah. And, um, that, and, and like the name enabling, yeah, uh, and been a target uh, that you still care that people deserve basic human needs. Absolutely, because I see them as children who are now adults who didn't get what they deserved from the people around them, whether that's the schools, the communities they lived in, their parents, like living in poverty. You know, like I worked a prevention program for 14 years and my role was to love parents so they could love their babies. That's what really I thought I was doing. So when I started this new journey doing street outreach, I actually saw a lot of my old clients from when they were teenagers. Now it broke my heart Mm, mm, um, to mm. know like, oh yeah, this is like a, a lifetime cycle of trauma that unless we're really invested as a community, um, unless we're going to put people in safe housing, the right kind of housing, provide them with the mental health services they deserve, the health services they deserve, we'll never be able to really turn this around. So we need to really decide as a community, I think, that if we don't want this to exist, then we got to go all in. But well, I don't know if we're, we're, we're ready for that as a community. You know? Yeah, you can feel the reluctance. Yeah. 
I mean, just when you said that, you know, there it is, right? Yeah. There's the duality. Yeah. Yeah. That yes. is that, that it's such a reluctant society. Yeah. Because you got some people that are like, I grew up that way and I'm fine. Look at me. I'm a success. So you got that pool. You've got the pool of people that are like, we're, we are all equal and we all got the same start. And I made myself successful and they chose not yeah. A, B and C. And then you've got people who really get the trauma and loss and the unique experience of that person because your personality determines how that trauma affects your body. That's what holds us back. Mm. And then if you add uh, substance use disorder to the mix, that breaks your brain. You know, like this is not people making like fluid choices to live on the streets. Like people don't want all these people that say that people love to live outside. I'm like, I've never really met a single person that's like super excited to live outside. Right, that wants to be in a tent yeah. and a sleeping bag uh, yeah. on some concrete yeah. piece of property that is okay yeah. and that has no heat. Yeah, and, nowhere uh, to go to the bathroom, uh, yeah. Right, no, no, nothing. Yeah. And some of them are there simply out of love they, they yeah. for because they're in a coupleship. Or Absolutely. Because, and the coupleships are not allowed in a Absolutely. shelter. Or, and uh, we're really working collaboratively right now. It's really a beautiful experience. We're really trying with this new... Um, opening of many beds at the shelter to work collaboratively, all of us, to convince people. Because I also think leadership thinks that we sabotage that experience. But what we're trying to help people understand is that um, sometimes shelters feel like jail. Sometimes mm. they feel like mental health mm. facilities. And mm. if you've had bad experiences, mm. would you want to go there every night to lay your head down? I think people choose to stay outside because it feels safer to them, ironically. But if mm. they had the right kind of Housing, whether that be housing first, whether that be um, their own apartment, whether that be, you know, any option. There's not a one size fits all. So I think people just think we got to get people in apartments. Some people, it's really dangerous to get them alone in an apartment because then they'll be alone in their isolation of their trauma. But some people will really thrive at like Elena's way or in a housing first project. Mm -hmm. So we really need to just think more creatively. I love, you see these tiny house models around the country. You see all these really creative. Um, right, right. Villages that are made yeah. out of tiny houses that don't exactly. don't cost a lot. They just, yeah. it just means that we focus. And then you invest in a staff of people like us that are there to support that. You know, we don't just leave them alone there. You like provide mm. them with resources. And I think that once you sleep well, you know how many clients I've seen that got a good night's sleep and are like, whoa, <laughs> they're like a whole different person mm. because they felt safe enough. Mm. close their eyes last night mm. you know it's crucial to get sleep mm. so that your body functions properly mm. Mm. it's uh, crucial yeah crucial to get some sleep get some food yeah and the the systems have all these rules and what you just said, you know, they have these rules and they believe that what these rules fit all. Mm-hmm. And any rule that is not a complete agreement upon is power over. Absolutely. And it re-stimulates people's trauma. Absolutely. I see it all the time. How you approach someone, if you get underneath them and you hold them when you're giving them information versus coming straight at them Mm. versus being passive aggressive, 
you'll get a whole different response. I think that people really are willing to hear almost anything if you're able to deliver that in a meaningful way and that doesn't make them feel judged. To go back to your, like, all judgment is violence, it does feel, it feels like a little wound anytime someone feels like judgment is being passed upon them. Right. And these, like you're just saying, you know, these judgments, they're justified uh, as a, you know, a gathering of people who's who have nothing to do with living out there, yes. and they come up with a set of guidelines, they'll call it, or yes. rules, and they don't understand that then they get the way they deliver it is what you're saying. Yeah, it's all but in your messaging. <laughs> it's, all, yeah. it's all in that compassion. Yes. Um, I don't want to push my series too much here, but, you know, there's conversations in compassion yes. that, that the, Everything. and I loved how you said it, you get underneath, you yeah. listen deeply to yes. another and then they will be happy to hear yes. what you have to offer. And honestly, half the time I was just talking about this around a medical appointment. It doesn't matter that the person's reality isn't even sometimes based in reality. If somebody's saying something, just to honor they're saying it, you don't have to prove to them that they're saying is irrational. Just listen to them. Yes. And then you figure out your creative way to sort of like help them hear what you need to deliver to them. But often like in a medical setting, somebody will come in with a belief around an injury. But if you then tell them that's because of their imagination or their mm. substance use disorder, you're actually making it so they never want to access that system again. Right. Instead of just being like, wow, that must be really hard that, yeah, that yeah. you believe that thing's happening to you, you know. Well, and, and you know, just the co-occurring of the dual yeah. aspects of people yeah. that, that they have mental health and they have substance use yeah. and they struggle with these two. And they walk into a place and they say, oh, it's a mental health problem. Yeah. And the person says, no, it isn't. It's my substance use. And, yeah. then, and then there's a power struggle right there. And the person walks out and doesn't get services exactly. because they got into silly. a power struggle. Right. It's that's silly. So silly. Like, why? Why? Yeah. Why would? Like, who cares why? They showed <laughs> up and now the goal is to make them feel really comfortable and seen. And, and seen. Yeah. And understand that they showed up as courage. Yes. Yeah, that is, that's magical. The, when people are brave, I used to think this when I did home visits, like, you let me come in your house and expose all of yourself to me. I would never let someone do that probably, right? right. So, because I know what people are thinking, but they're so brave because they're like, no, I want to do something better for myself. And I feel like you might be a piece of the puzzle. So I'm going to let you in. That vulnerability is beautiful. Yeah. And that vulnerability is the conversations you have, you know, in, in this unhoused yeah. gatherings, the, yeah. the, the communities that they yeah. put together is, you know, just these conversations yeah. that, that, and they end up like, wow. Yeah. Like, I know you, that's you, my you superpower. Just, yeah. It's yeah. trying to like really humanize things. So I'm trying to really embrace that. Yeah. Well, that's why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is your opportunity to, yeah. to yeah. why I asked you. And it makes you feel better. I mean, there's so much research on this, but like yeah. when you have compassion for people and you're present and you interact without judgment, it actually will lower your blood pressure. You'll actually, that will, you know, reduce your cortisol levels in your body. So you're actually benefiting from being kind to other people, which I don't think people understand, but when you're judging and raging it's kind of like what I was talking mm -hmm. about in the beginning, how yeah. I was hurting myself by being angry. 
anyone who's angry at the unhoused community, they're only hurting themselves. And they're certainly not becoming part of the solution. Well, and they don't really care about becoming part of the solution, but in a self-centered way, it's important for them to realize that you're, you're actually changing the quality and quantity of your life is what you're saying. You know, you totally are. I really believe that. Like, well, and the surgeon general just came out with his own book around it. Exactly. Uh, Great book, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's about, you know, if we connect on a kindness and a compassionate level. Now, you're not surprised by this, but I'm going to share it anyways. Uh, When we've done research over the last three or four years around empathy and compassion, we're doing less. Interesting. As a cross-the-board culture, yeah, we're doing less empathy. Yeah, I mean, you can see that. You see that um, in these school board meetings. You see that in the mm-hmm. way they're trying to take books out of schools. You see that in the way we're politically divided. It's so interesting because I think if you just looked at your neighbor and you just had a conversation on the porch, you'd have so much in common. Right. But behind closed doors, maybe you would be hating each other. But when you come together, you realize, oh, we're the same people. We care about our family. We want to be able to provide. We want to have friends that we care about. But somehow we've become so divided. Hmm. It's like wild to me. Like we can't even have conversations. So sometimes when I get myself in those situations, I try to have so much compassion for the other person. Hmm. And it often works. People will be like, oh, okay. Like we're just having discourse and that's cool. Like we don't have to hate each other and then like start slinging insults because it's okay to have different opinions. But our core values, I feel like, should be that we just care about each other and want to be rooting for each other, I would hope, in a really healthy society. Yeah, what do we, what do we, I mean, I love that, in a healthy society. Yeah. And at the same time, with this research, yeah, we're heading in the other direction. I know, that terrifies me. It shocked you when I said it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know what to say yeah. because I'm like, how is that possible? Right. You know? I mean, we got things like the Surgeon General writing a wonderful yeah. book and yeah. We got people saying, listen, you the quality and quantity of your life will come from giving compassion yes. to others. Yes. And your kindness to others. Your your life will We have the ingredients, but we're choosing not to make the cake. It's like wild. Exactly. Yeah. And here we are. And you know why you got tired. Yep. You know why you got what people might call burnt out. Yep. Or compassion fatigue. Yep, absolutely. So we have to kind of end. That's okay. No, it's this not. Really not for fun. me. <laughs> not you want to keep going? <laughs> yeah, I do. Because uh, there's so much to say. Yeah. So what do we do? What 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 does yeah. Danny do I uh, for herself? And then yeah. what do we do for this larger? We, we get this boat handing, heading for this iceberg that really is going to make it worse and worse and worse yeah. if, if we don't increase the empathy and the compassion. Yeah. I would really encourage people to get involved, whether that's volunteering at a place like Me Needs or maybe making some sandwiches or cookies and going and delivering some to the encampment. Um 
in just like talking to a few people. And then like you dip your toes in that and you're like, oh, this is like, this could be my child. This could be my brother or sister. It changes who you are when you start doing service work. Um, in the community, you know, go serve meals at a soup kitchen. Find something you're passionate about um, because the research shows that like when you give, it's really healthy for yourself, for your family, you're teaching your kids. Um, to not just be self-obsessed, but to think outwardly towards their community. So I would just encourage people to take their walls down, maybe consider there's another um, opinion other than your own that might be based in reality too, like somewhere in the middle, like um, be open to other people's thoughts, especially people that um, are directly affected or have lived experience because they're the smartest people in the room. You know, I don't know why we're not listening to people in the encampments. I don't know why they're not at the front and center um, in these rooms. You know, I don't understand because they have all the all the answers to what they need. Mm. I do believe in my heart. I'm a social worker. I do great work, but I have learned that people save themselves. Mm. I don't do that. I don't work too hard to think I'm the one that's going to save someone. What I do is I provide a nurturing, loving, compassion environment for people to experiment on changes they like to have happen. And I've seen it over and over again be successful. Yeah, you're, uh, you're asking people to step through, lean through, yeah. lean into the fear. Yeah, I do and, think that's why people are afraid, too, of encampments, because I think they see themselves one step away. And that horrifies them. So they have to make themselves other from the people living outside. I feel like that wouldn't happen to me. Well, and they were all living in a reluctant society. Yeah. And that reluctance means that any good moment we could end up in the same position. Yes. So we're terrified. Yeah, I think it is really fear-based when I think about it. And then what happens with fear is it turns into judgment so that you... Are violent actually yes. towards others. Yes. Yes. Um, to the caregivers uh, who get called enabling. Yes. To to the unhoused that they, you know, are not choosing the right things or their substance use disorder is so great that yes. they can't see it. Moral failings, yes. Moral discord. Yes. And, and what you're just saying is just please lean in. Yes. Lean into the fear that you have. Yeah. And give. Yep. Just It'll to, change your life. It really will. And give that little bit of love. Yeah. And you will feel and they will feel. Yes. Whoever they are. It's a win-win. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's conversation. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you find your podcasts. I'd like to give a heartfelt thanks to all the contributors to Agape Inc. for their support in making this podcast possible. If you care to join us, please go to DignityMaine.com to get involved. Thank you. Thank you again for being here. And take care. Good care.